This is an ABC podcast. It's time to get out and about in the garden with Rowanna and Sabrina here on ABC Radio Perth and WA. Five past nine. Yep, time for Roots and Shoots. My partner in crime, Sabrina Hahn. Hello to you. Well, good morning, Ro. And isn't it an exciting day today? Yes, yes it is, because we've got a special guest. Oh, one and you're of my excited f- and I'm nervous. Oh my god, one of my favorites. Um the brain the brainstorm of Dr. Loverbugs, Daryl Hardy from Deep Herd. Hello to you. Welcome. Hello, Hello. Daryl. You're not talking about me again, are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'll just sit in the corner and say nothing as usual. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, like that would ever oh, happen. Oh, please, you too. No, so we bought uh, we bought Doctor Bugalugs in to talk about bugs. Is um, there something exciting happening in the bug world at the moment? Always something exciting happening. In fact, Daryl and I were talking on the way up about the weather, mm. weren't we, Daryl? Yes. And uh, making observations on these warm, warm, sunny winter days, which means that there's a lot of sex going on. Um, the bugs will get a bit yeah, yeah, frisky. Yeah, getting a bit fr- – and the birds. Um, so mm. what's going on, Daryl? Well, in, in Bugland, mm. yeah, <laughs> the moths are flying a month early this year. Mm. So Doesn't surprise me. No. So everybody said, well, we've had a really cold winter. No. And the moths don't well, think so. Well, we have had cold mornings, but we've had warm days. Mm. And, when you, and when you do the average, it looks like it's cold, but now we've actually got warm, warm days, very warm days, counterbalance the cold nights. So the uh, moths are in the northern wheat belt are flying because we monitor them for the lupin crops. Yeah. Mm. And usually they come in in another month, but they're, they're out and about already. Yeah. Full force. And we've got caterpillars, which we're not sure what they are. Hairy ones. Hairy ones. Yeah. I've been sent pictures of hairy caterpillars. Not as tokens of love, yeah. but no, um, yeah. no it just... Yeah. <laughs> Help. <laughs> yeah. yeah. People what say do do they're eating this? my entire veggie garden. Yes. The mm. Broccoli, onions. Mm. It's sort of um, not good. So anyway, we're doing a pickup and then we'll do a rear out and mm. then we'll try and identify them because... Hairy caterpillars aren't easy to identify. You need you need the moth. Mm. Oh, They're okay. amazing looking at hairy caterpillars under a microscope because some of them have like medieval weaponry. They've got mm. barbs and all sorts of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that beautiful? First text I look at on our screen, yeah. Jay, so many spider webs or is it another bug all over my succulents in the hanging baskets? Oh. Very annoying. Oh. Yes. Go on then. Okay. <laughs> yes. Uh, Go on. <laughs> so, well, there, there are spiders out there and then, then there's spiders are called mites and... There's a new one in town. Oh, is there? Yeah, oh, a tomato red that, spider mite, which seem to be ah. quite active in um, autumn, whereas ah. you get the red spider mite yeah. or the two spotted mite, same yeah. thing, and that's usually a really, yeah, in the middle of summer hot pest, yeah. and that forms those little super highways, all the webbing. So once you've got webbing, you usually got an explant on the way, so mm. um, not good. But don't, don't mistake spider mite for spider webbing because... The other crazy thing that's going on now is the birds are fairly cranked up and looking for romance. Mm. The doves, my doves are going off like a frog in a sock. Frogs are probably doing it as well. Um, But the birds appear to be quite insistent thinking it's spring and spider webs Mm. are very important for nest 
buildings. Ah. Especially Mr. Willy Wagtail. Yeah, mm. and the little brown honey eater too mm. uses them. So There's a lovely little Willy Wagtail or Judy Judy over at... Um, uh, over the road here. I'm trying oh, to think yeah, of the yeah, place. yeah, yeah. It's Perth. Um, yep, that farm, <laughs> City Farm. That's the thing I'm trying to think, place I'm trying to think of that is so, so friendly. And yeah. when we've gone over, Eb doesn't quite like the friendliness of oh, the Willie Wagtail okay. yeah. so much, but Amber was very casual this morning. You know, like, you know it's not trying to be friendly at all. It's trying to steal something? Yeah. Yes. So yeah. it's using you. So as you're walking along the path, you'll notice they hop along with you or fly. Because you're disturbing any insects as you move. You cast a shadow on the sides. Serious. And so the insects fly up and the willy wagtail's waiting and just flies, flips off and lands again. Again, the next one. You're being used and abused by <laughs> willy wagtails. You have just I destroyed. I feel like I'm okay with it though. <laughs> Everyone's romantic vision of a willy wagtail now because they think, ah, oh, it maybe it's my, you know, grandmother that's come yeah. down to play. Yeah. So you've just wiped all that whole well, thing out now, you can, Daryl. You can believe that. That's fine. <laughs> I, I, everybody has their own belief systems, you know. I'm just a realist, that's all. <laughs> Oh, um, before we jump into our calls, we've got a full bank already there. Um, we'll go to coal. The, bore, the borers damaging ukes, etc., have exploded in the last few years. Climate change, coal puts in brackets. This means more tree deaths, diseases like dieback, canker. WO needs a massive tree planting regime to stop logging, thinning the bloody budger. Now, yep. not later, says Cole. Yeah, I, I agree, Cole. And on the um, topic of there's, – there's lots of different borers that attack ukes. Um, so – and as far as I know, there's really nothing you can do. No. No. <clears throat> um, the uke, they're pretty good at recovering, mm. but things are getting really tough for them. Um, and <clears throat> you can say, let's plant more trees – but if they're going to get stressed too, mm. we're in the same area. So yep. we're running it. The, you know, the environment's changing, obviously. You know, mm. And, and yeah, you can point at climate change or a whole pile of different things. Um, yeah, so it's changing and we've just got to learn to adapt until it swings back the other way, hopefully. Yeah, and we, we should really be looking at – I know a lot of the plants that are put in gardens, uh, West Australian plants, many mm. of them actually come from the southwest. We should be looking at plants that grow in the Pilbara. Mm. Desert, desert plants, yeah, because yeah. that's exactly where we're heading. Yeah, yep. yeah. All right, let's hit the callers. Righty ho! Triple two seven twenty. Oh. Sabrina's enthusiastic, yeah. and um, Gay can get us underway. Good morning to you. Good morning, everybody. Morning, Gay. Um, morning. I have a problem with tiny conical snails getting underneath my gerber plants. They're on the walls. They're on the the fences. Um, I've been picking them off and squashing them, but I haven't really found a, a way of getting rid of them so that they don't chew into my plants. Mm. They're only very, very minute. Yeah, um, they're white. White yeah. or brown. And there's um, eight, eight million of them, okay? <laughs> yes, yes, lots and lots of them. I think you're on the money, Seth. Yes. <laughs> so they're like little buttons or are they pointy? No, they're very pointy. Okay, so... Most people, when you when you describe, I thought you were talking about the white Italians now, but you're you're they're small and pointed. So guess what their name is? I don't know. It's, they're called the small pointed snail. Yeah, and this is this is why this is why 
Yeah, no, conicals too, that's too advanced. This is why we have entomologists because <laughs> they have to come up with these really good scientific names of the small yeah. pointed, pointed snail. snail. Yeah. Well, and the, the sad news about this, well, the sad news for humans is that they're really hard to kill. Mm, In fact, they are. Um, most, if you had the button snail, that what attains now, and you used a chemical at a certain rate, it would kill it. You have to double the rate to kill these small pointed snails. They are very, very tough. Wow, they yeah. seem to hibernate for a long time. Yeah, they do. They're, 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 and they're great survivors, and um, they cause problems in vineyards and all sorts mm-hmm. of things. They get up in bunches of grapes and that. So, yes, they're look. There's a, a range of um, well, there's a range of chemicals. Not as many as there used to be for snails. Um, I don't know how effective um, the snail um, pellets are for these ones. Zero. Yeah, that's why I was thinking not mm. very good. So there are some sprays. There are some uh, iron-based ones, mm-hmm. and there's also some copper-based ones. And you've really got to drench your plants in them, and they've got to be when the snails are active. So it's no use putting them on because they don't fix there for very long. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so you need to wait for the snails to move or encourage them to move. Um, maybe try spraying water there to sort of excite them and they'll start moving Ooh. and chewing and um, then you can apply the chemicals. Spray. Yeah. Mm. All right. Thank you, Gay. Thanks for your call. Uh, let's head to Don now. Good morning, Don. Uh, good morning. Uh, I have a question for Sabrina. Yes. Um, Sabrina, several weeks ago in a gardening column, mm. you... Um, you recommended using one of two products to treat conifer canker. Ah, uh, yes. Both contain phosphorus acid. Yeah. And were to be injected with yeah. a tree syringe yep. and also spray foliage as far as can be reached. Yes. Uh, my conifers have early stage canker. Right. So I contacted both manufacturers for guidance on dose rates. Yeah. Oh, I've just no, answered your question, I think. No. Well, oh. Have you? Yeah. Um, in the last in the last paper. Yes, finish up. Please do. Okay. Well, neither would guide me. No. And neither would recommend their product for canker. No, because uh, so it's not registered for canker. Yeah. That so, was their influence. Yeah. yeah. So therein lies the difference between uh, doing whatever you can with whatever you've got as to what has gone through rigorous um, <laughs> approvals. testing, approvals, mm. and has been registered for conifer canker. Um, so now, if you can get canker in the early stages, it will slow it down. But if you've got, if it's riddled all the way through, you're pretty well buggered. Your, your trees are going to go because the fungal spores are spread by the wind. They're very, they're very fine particles. So most people have the conifers in a row. Um, so basically, you're looking at twenty mils to, for injection on a on a medium sized conifer. You're looking at twenty mils in a syringe that you directly syringe into the trunk of the tree and you need to place them every 10 centimetres around the trunk. So it depends on the size of the tree and the size of the trunk. Um, Most conifers are too big to spray with the same product. Um, I don't know if Daryl's got something he wants to to add to that. Um, Basically, it's going to be a... Try it and see if it works, and if it's really bad, it won't. They're going to die. Yeah, it's. Um, <clears throat> I'm not touching the rates or anything, and what's recommended because I'm. Mm. 
bound by the APVMA mm. rules. Mm. Um, and, yeah, it's a tricky one. Um, and it's a very difficult thing to... Because it, it's not a cure-all for forever. It's, no. You've got to keep this up. And there's only so many holes you can drill in the trunk. Yeah. And, yeah, so... Um, yeah, conifers could be on the endangered list. Mm, definitely, <laughs> it's the same with the um, with the fungal disease that's attacking all the Norfolk Island pines. There's nothing that's registered to work. People, so basically, if you've got a row of conifers, you can try that, and it depends how bad it is. But as Daryl said, you're going to have to. It'll be a continued treatment, hmm. um, and. Climate change is really going to affect those conifers. Yeah. Do you know what I love is our text, our listeners who they don't have a gardening question or oh. problem. They just um, have good sense of humour, so oh, they yes. like sending through their musings, like yes. Peter, who had a racing snail and he thought he could make him faster <laughs> by removing his shell, but it just made him sluggish. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you know, one day on the Melbourne Cup day, we... Um, <laughs> Amber was here. We we had we we I was here with Jillo in the afternoons. Yeah. So they brought in a whole pile of snails and and put um, numbers numbers on, on yeah. them and we put them on the glass window. Right. And we had Clint Wilson going in, calling the calling the race, but none of them moved. <laughs> Not at all? Well, they did, but they kind of went sideways, <laughs> not oh. up. <laughs> oh, dear. You know, <laughs> quality children, radio. I'm children sure. and animals. Eh? <laughs> um, Sue <sighs> said, hi, Ro, Sab and Mr B. I have a pair of very lovey-dovey ravens who visit my bird baths every day. They are so affectionate with each other and sometimes I feel like calling out, get a room. They're so <laughs> cute and always bathe together. Very entertaining. <laughs> I love ravens. They're the yeah. most astonishing birds. They're very smart. And you, I reckon you could train them. They've got the most beautiful blue eyes. Yeah. They're, they're pretty um, – them and bin chickens are really taking advantage, advantage of the yeah. Sulo bins. If you have McDonald's and put it in your bin, they're, they're going to work out a way to get in there between the ravens and the bin chickens. You'd think they'd have better sense, better taste, wouldn't you, really? Yeah, yeah. true. Mm. Yeah. Yuck. Um, Perth weekends at yourabc.net.au for your email questions, only place you can send photos. Please do that. We're more than happy to share them um, both with Dr. Darrell and with – uh, Sab. This one, good morning, Rowanna and Sabrina. Thank you for inviting Daryl Hardy again this morning. You're welcome, Margaret. He always gives interesting new information. Last time he mentioned an injectable treatment for anthracnose. 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 Uh, Rowanna, good job. Could he advise the name of the chemical if it is available for home gardeners? If so, where could we find it? And if it is safe for a, and is it safe for a mango tree? I know that product names and retail outlets are forbidden, but a hint would be so helpful. Oh, we give lots of hints on this. <laughs> yes, radio and guess what? I, well, look, anthracnose for um, for mangoes and um, uh, avocados. Uh, avocados, yeah, and not uh, not injecting, but actually as a spray. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know the uh, the commercial the name. No, oh. no, I know that there's one available. Um, there's a, well, if this lady really likes getting into the technical stuff, (laughs) the APVMA's Mm -hmm. website, you can go on there and they have a search engine called Pub Chris, (laughs) Pub Chris, believe it or not. Pub Chris. And you can, you can actually put keyword searches in there. Yeah. And look up and it'll give you 
the if you just write something down for me, then yep. I'll be able to tweak it because you can't because you're under you know law of. Yes, but I can't. Re- yeah, oh, you can't, can't remember. remember. <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not saying that just to cover. Ah! I just can't remember. It's, ah. it's a damn. You're giving him more I'm credit. an insect guy. So, oh, yes, uh, I know. I know. Yeah, so, we expect right. a lot I, of I you. I can look it up. Yeah, oh, I good. Okay. And I'll let you know. Yeah. But pub, Chris, right. if for those that want to see the correct use of chemicals, yes, if you can work the the search engine out, yes, in good the luck. APVMI, yeah. APVMA website. Mm. It's uh, very, very good, and you can just do a keyword search and it'll tell you the, the rates, all the different labels, everything. Oh, okay. So if you put in uh, – if you go to that website and put in anthracnose yeah. and with mango next to it maybe yep. or avocado, yep. there you go. Okay. There we go. Yep. Uh, Amanda, thank you for sending in the photo um, to our email address, perthweekends at your.abc.net.au. Taking this handsome boy to work at the Greenbushes Eco Discovery Centre. It's a big banana, I think it is. Yeah, big St. Bernard. Big Beethoven. Yeah, yeah, got a big drool there. Lovely. Yeah. Good on you, Amanda. Thank you. We better head back to the phone, 1300 222 720, because we have got so many callers. Anthony, get us back underway. How are you? Uh, good morning, everybody. Question for Sabrina, please. Yes. Um, how, how late in the year can I apply um, composted chicken manure to the gun? How late in the year? Yeah. Oh, whenever you've got time, Anthony. You can, put oh, okay. it, you can put composted chicken manure on whenever you want. Right through summer as well? Ooh, now, summer. <laughs> so not whenever you want. Not whenever you want, <laughs> uh, except summer. Um, okay. So you wouldn't be putting any – I wouldn't put manure on any gar- – I'd just put water on a garden in midsummer. I okay. think the – You'd have to make sure in summer that it's well and truly composted. What do you reckon, Daryl? Yeah. I mean, I'd be worried about In burn. the old days, before it was composted, uh, you know, people raw used to get a lot of burning. Mm. You could put on a real – if you've got a lot of you know, mulch around, you could put a little bit on mm. uh, and, yeah, you won't get burning. But, yeah, the plants are under a lot of stress and then that just yeah. can you know, overload them a little bit too. And you don't want them thinking that they have to rapidly grow in summer because all that new growth is going to get sizzled in a 42-degree <laughs> day. Yeah, 42. Oh, yes. I'm dreaming okay. of 42. <laughs> It was 45, I'm worried about. Good on you, Anthony. Thank you. Um, Let's head to Julie now. Good morning, Julie. Oh, good morning. Um, Just a question for Sabrina regarding avocado trees and I have a mango tree. Yep. Um, One of the avocados is about, um, I'm talking old language, 10 foot tall. Yeah. But that's from a seed. Um, and I really need to cut it back. Yep. Um, how much can I cut it back and when? Go for it, I say. What do you say, Daryl? Yeah, well, I'll I... Definitely cut reciprocating it back. Reciprocating yeah. saw, go... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and if it's growing to the sky, it's probably something like a reed. The house yeah. seemed to be a bit more branchy. Mm. But my reed, yeah, it's about 10 years old, and I'm still waiting for it to fruit. But um, getting hold of a grafted um, really? reed is really difficult. So that's why I'm growing from seed. Hopefully I'll get a, a And when did, you, when did you prune your oh, I reed? just went at a noise me <laughs> whenever okay yeah because so, it gets too tall yeah i just yeah, keep lopping the top gets off too tall so with the avocado don't prune it from november right through to march i would suggest 
any other time. It's fine. With mangoes, you usually prune mango trees when they finish cropping. Yep. So okay. straight after they crop. Um, I have to tell you, Daryl, that my reed uh, fruits uh, beautifully and it's only four years old. So you got a grafted <laughs> one, did you? No, I grew it from seed. Oh, oh. yeah, well, this is the thing. Yeah. Competitive juices are flowing <laughs> in here, aren't they? <laughs> no, that's all right. Daryl can grow other stuff that I okay. really covet and we've, I've never been able to grow. <laughs> we've got a text like about avocados <laughs> yes. um, before we head back to more callers. Um, good morning, Sab. Can I grow avocados in pots in Canningvale and how? You Just as uh, to let you know, you are settling a domestic dispute because okay. wife says no. You can grow them in pots for about two years mm-hmm. and then I'd be – you need to get a bigger and a bigger and a bigger and a bigger pot. There is a dwarf form. Oh, yeah, yes. there's a dwarf. Wurtz, W-U-R-T-Z. So Wurtz will grow in and you can get a dwarf Hass. So you both win the argument because... Marriage counsellor. Look at this. I like it. So if you have dwarf ones, you can grow them in a pot. But if you're going for normal size ones, you would have to repot them every year and they will grow out of it very quickly. Sabrina So it's win-win. Keeping marriages together on the ABC since 1980. (laughs) Couldn't keep mine together. (laughs) However... Happy to give advice. Do as I say, not as I do. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, let's uh, head to Bill now. Good morning, Bill. Bill, you are so lucky because you have a palm question. And I have to admit I know nothing about palms but have recently fallen in love with them because I went to Dr. Loverbug's garden and he has palms and he's your palm man, Bill. Big big, big build up here. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, well, thanks, Daryl and Sabrina. Look, I'm just uh, really concerned about our palms. We live on the coast and we've got uh, triangle palms, golden canes, Alexanders and some a lot of dwarf uh, or pygmy uh, date, date palms. palms. Yeah, well, Robolinis. They're, yeah. they're all being shredded. You know, the, 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 the tips of the leaves, the older leaves are just being completely shredded and I'm really concerned. Overwatering, underwatering, overfertilizing, what am I doing wrong? And what can I do to to try and ease the pressure on them? Yeah, look, how close to the coast are you? About 300 metres. Yeah, that's what I thought you were going to say. And and they're exposed to, yeah, there's nothing, there's no like big retainer wall or somebody's got a triple storey house with a pool on the roof that's blocking the wind or anything, the sou'wester. No, they they cop the wind. There is a retaining wall, but these guys are well and truly over the top of it. Okay. And now, unfortunately, we're also using them as a visual barrier. So, um, you know, we, the visual barrier is getting worse and worse all the time. Yeah. Well, Alexanders are better than Bangalows, even though they're very similar. Golden mm. canes, yeah, the wind's just just shredding them. Um, there are palms that grow right down to the water on Lord Howe Island. They're called Kentia palms. Mm-hmm. And they, um, a friend of mine at uh, City Beach has them, and they do really well. Actually, I've seen there used to be a really good place at City Beach had lots of them. Um, and they, I mean, they, they do get a little bit burnt from the sun until they're bigger. But if you can start underplanting with Kentias, you right. shouldn't have too many problems. The main problem that you may have there, too, is a thing called frizzle top. So do not stick in cocos palms to start with. Sabrina will be on board with that one. Yeah, and she vomits yeah. in a bucket. Because they, yeah, so they just can't, it's the alkaline conditions, the limestone in the soil, that's another problem. So 
Maybe to boost the palms, you can actually buy um, horticultural sulphur pellets. Um, not from the big green store, but from uh, agricultural suppliers. They use it to acidify soil. And mm-hmm. I use that a lot too because I've got limestone foundations and I'll, I'll tend to get frizzle top in some of the plants. So you want an acidic soil, at, uh, even at the beach. I mean, you want it six and a half to seven in that range, just, you know, just slightly acid to neutral. And you want it at depth. So these, these um, sulfur pellets are slow release and they're slow to dissolve and go down through the profile. But you've got to put them on like fertiliser as well. So water, fertiliser, and keep the pH... Um, Neutral, neutral to acid and underplant with coastal palms if you're really in deer palms. And I actually, I love Kentia palms and I have mm. a, some massive ones in big, big pots. And after seeing your garden, I thought I'm going to put them in the ground. <laughs> yes. But I have to somehow manage to take them out of the big, big pots. And we know how to do that, don't we? Oh, we do. <laughs> we have the same technique of getting things out of pots, Ro. Right. Yeah. It's pretty brutal. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but effective. Effective. Oh. Does involve a reciprocating soil. Of course it does. It does of yeah. course it does. Yeah. Annette from Wembley Downs. Apricot tree that has beautiful apricots each year, but the fruit is full of fruit fly. Is there something I should be doing now to assist with this concern as we would love our children to enjoy picking the fruit off the tree? Yeah. Look, summer fruit or stone fruit in, in the central metropolitan area is like mission impossible. Unless... Mm-hmm. You tag and bag it, so you need to. Yeah, as soon as you, as soon as it's flowered and you're starting to get the small apricots, you need to get actually a, a, a netting cover mm. across the plant, and so that's you need to prune it into a situation where you can manage that, and you tie it off around the trunk, yep. and you completely keep the fruit fly away. So it's basically <laughs> excluding any insect from getting the in. from getting to the fruit. Yeah, but yeah. you have to wait for pollination. If you can yeah. exclude, <laughs> exclude the minor bees, detail. You won't get any fruit. Well, yeah. luckily now you can get just about every fruit tree on a dwarf fruit stock. Mm. So yeah. I've taken out all my full-size trees and I've put new ones in that are on dwarf root stock yeah. for that very reason, so that I can Manageable. completely net yeah. the entire tree. The, yeah. the other thing you can do just to reduce the general population in the area um, is if you keep away from citrus because citrus is where the fruit fly hang out. Mm. And, and also, you know, the, the little traps you can buy. People used to make their own. You can do that. You can buy, buy them, but there's a, a range of different ones out now. There's... Mm. Um, and they've got little yellow lids and yep. oh, that's all I can say because the next yep. thing's proprietary names. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. So um, they have little yeah. yellow lids because that attracts them in the first place, the colour yellow. Yeah. Um, and there's uh, like a gel you pour in there. Yeah, yeah. which lures, yeah. lures and them And they're in. very effective. Mm, yeah, we use them in, during the Del Keith um, oh, outbreak the in 2020, yeah. Queensland fruit fly. Queensland fruit fly, yeah. Mm. yeah. Trudy has sent us an email, perthweekends at your.abc.net.au. If you're missing that email address and can't quite get it right, just quickly give Amber a call, 1300 222 and she can help you out. Um, Trudy's in Mount Claremont and she wants to beautify a limestone wall at the entrance to her house. Would a jasmine vine be able to survive in this hot location? And here's a picture of the wall, Sab, that you can see. No. Um, I reckon it's going to be tough. So basically it's just brick paving, a brick wall, brick paving. That's going to be a heat sink. Um, don't like the chances of your jasmine. jasmine. You'd have to water the wall. 
wall. <laughs> Lots. <laughs> Lots. Um, but there is a there's a native plant called Podrania, which is a beautiful climbing vine. It's very vigorous. Uh, no, Pandaria. Sorry. Yes. <laughs> Is no. that right? You lost the plot. I don't know. I'm thinking yeah. of something else. What are you thinking? Yours. No, Pandaria. Yeah. Yes, that's the one. Or, or even yeah. a honeysuckle yeah, or, would grow. Have you seen those um, lime, There's a limestone wall up near uh, Jacob's Ladder and it's covered in that climbing ficus creeper. No, don't that? ever. No, you, don't, you don't like that one? <laughs> nah. No, okay. She wants flowers. I'm glad you two are on opposite honeysuckle sides of the desk. Well, I'm just thinking of something that will survive. Or Pandaria. Yeah. Pandaria would survive. Yeah. Okay. Um, honeysuckle would survive. I reckon that's the well, go. Even, there what, we go. What about There's some the, options for treaty. What about the... Uh, Pyrostegia, the ignea. Uh, Hibertia scandens. Oh, yeah, the Hibertia would do it. It's a native. It. There you go. It's a native, little yellow flower. Three options. There you go. We're yeah. brimming over with goodness. <laughs> Beautifully done. Uh, 27 to 10. We better get to Sav's pick of the, qu- pick of the week, but pick we'll go to Brad first. Hey, Brad. Hi, good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Um, my question is about fig trees. Yes. Um, I've got a small fig tree. It's about a metre tall. It's about six or seven branches on it. Um, it was going, we, we replanted it and followed your advice for replanting, Sabrina, so mm. thank you. And oh, it was going pleasure. really nicely. But but where the leaves were, are, were, and at the end of the branches, it looked like a. it had been eaten by a rat or a mouse. It had sort of been like shaved off. Mm. Um like that's the only way I can sort of describe it, like like someone's sort of eaten the ends of the branches and, and where the leaves uh, have what, come up. What um, suburb are you in, Brad? Mount Hawthorne, and I've got a massive vine thing climbing through my <laughs> cocos palms and, and also horrible climbing feet. Climbing ficus too. So okay. we have rats and mouse. So There's rat superhighway and it's yeah. and it's mouse superhighway. Yeah. Well, I don't think it'll be the mouse so much as the rat that's chewing, mm-hmm. and they they chew all the bark off as well because that's where all yeah, the moisture yeah. and it's, the it's yummy stuff. Thin, it's a pretty thin tree, so I'm not sure. I mean, it has to be a small, smallish rat, otherwise it'd bend it over, I suppose. Uh, but still. Or parrots. Could, it could be we. Yeah, I, I'm from Mount Hawthorne too. So mm. uh, yeah, the Rat Super Highway. Yes, everybody has <laughs> everybody has rats in Mount Hawthorne, and, and it's not just Mount Hawthorne, but a lot of the inner suburbs have rats, and they're getting desperate this time of year. There's not mm. a lot of things out there for them to eat, so they'll eat some unusual things. Mm. But we also have those flying rats there too. Flying rats. Yeah, the lorikeets. <laughs> 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 I was thinking, I seriously lost it now. <laughs> I don't know what you were drinking last yeah. night, Daryl. Uh, this morning, rats. just a small glass of red, that's all. Yeah, but flying rats and they, yeah. yeah. But everything's a bit desperate at the moment. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, they're going to be even more desperate in summer. Yeah. Yes. So, I don't know. I wish there was, we need a cookbook on rats. <laughs> Monty Python have one. (laughs) Hot rat on a stick. (laughs) Two shillings for four. I remember that. Yuck, yuck, yuck. You know what? I I hope in all of that there was some help for you, Brad. Um, So what can you do about it? Nothing. (laughs) Well, you can bait the rats. Bait, But be careful how you bait. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And if you... Yeah, so you don't want to be baiting owls and birds of prey. All right. Or your dog. 
yeah. take a short break. Yes. Let's play a song. It is that time again. It is. Sabrina's musical pick of the week. Pick, pick of the week. I know you're going to dig this. Here we go now. So, so we, we're going to celebrate NADOC week with mm-hmm. a bit of rap music today. Okay. Oh, they're so going to love it. They're going to go off like a frog in a sock mm-hmm. or a rat in a fig tree. <laughs> so this is Baker Boy, but he's teamed up with Bernard Fanging. Now, Baker Boy, whose real name is Daniel Baker, comes from he's, – he's, he's an up north boy from Arnhem Land. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, he's a Yalungu boy. And he said that this song is going to make you Mari Una. Let's dance. There we go. What did you make of it? Zero four three seven nine double two seven twenty. Sam from Jero has sent us a text. He has been away anniversary in Calbarry, having Aww. great chats. Song this week was not bad, not my taste, but great to play some local artists. So yeah. good on you, Sam. See. <clears throat> He's he's a, a gentleman. Um, you, Sam, you should have listened to last week because it was a cracker. You would have loved it. <laughs> oh, and next week it must be time for opera. Remember probably, I said probably. I would play an opera. Pa- <laughs> <laughs> so next week, opera, people. Annie and Chidlow thought it was a bit lame and she couldn't understand half the lyrics, she said. Oh, Get over yourself. Really? <laughs> don't always have to understand the no, lyrics, No, it's though. rap. You don't need to understand it. Um, never heard of this song. Love, 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 Baker Boy. Always been obsessed with Bernard Fanning, Bernard Fanning since the 90s. Great choice oh. celebrating one of our wonderful First Nations artists. Moving and grooving. Great Absolutely. pick, Sab. Thank you from Sue. Love it, Sabrina. Great choice, Rhonda in Doubleview. Jill's gone with the All Capitals OMG. Love it, Sab. Oh. Um, yeah, you've got... You've got we've, plenty of thumbs we've, up. We've got Rolling a thumbs up through. on that one. Absolutely. Um, is this the point at which I drop in a little bit of... Um... Oh, I think, I think yes. So, you know, we were talking about rats, Daryl, and um, so we've just Amber's we've got, got something that might help our listeners. Well, that was really horrible. Oh, you're always complaining. What's for afters? Well, there's rat cake, rat sorbet, <laughs> rat pudding <laughs> or strawberry tart. Strawberry tart? <laughs> Well, it's got some rack in it. <laughs> How much? Three. Oh, not really. Well, I'll have a slice without so much rat in it. <laughs> Falling. Moan, moan, moan. You never know what you're going to get on Roots and Shoots. <laughs> I'm pretty sure, Daryl Hardy, we didn't get you to come in to talk about rats, though, didn't we? No. Yeah. But it always seems to go, people just obsessed by rats. But that wasn't the hot rat in the stick one. No, oh. no, no. But it was the only one we could pull in 30, 30 oh, seconds. Oh, my goodness. Stop rats. Do you reckon we've got a problem with rats? They've obviously got serial problems with rats. <laughs> Always talking okay, about Okay, so we, so we have bought we've we've bought Doctor Bugalugs in for a serious serious chat, row. Mm-hmm. serious chat because there's a few little critters around that we don't actually want around. Um, so we'll just rip through a few at a time. So we'll yeah. start with the polyphagus shot hole borer. 
Yeah. Shall we start with him, her, yeah. thems? Yes. Thems, thems, yes, mm. them. Yeah, the yep. females are big and the males are small. And of the, course, and the males don't fly; they're just kept captive by the females. Yeah, that's because they're so so stunningly beautiful, Daryl. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> um, so, look, we think we've delineated um, where polyphagus is um, mm. in the in the metropolitan area. Uh, we've only got one zone outside of um, our containment area, which is great, and that is a um, like a refuge plant, mm-hmm. and so. That's a dead end too, so that's okay. good. So it looks like we're going to put up for a three-year phased eradication oh, project. Cool. So we're going to have a crack at eradicating. Okay. And how big is it? The poly. The yes. Tiny. Yes. So they're little borers. Yes. So the tip of your ballpoint pen, mm. that's the hole they make, not the one that looks like a 303. <laughs> <laughs> or someone's gone in with a quarter-inch drill. That's right. Because um, I have had a few calls when I've done consults, people concerned that it's the PSHB, but it, the holes are way too big. You could fit a whole colony in there. Yes. So, so what size hole would people be looking for on the trunk of a tree? Oh, one to two millimetres, very mm. tiny. Tiny, wow. tiny. And, you, and it looks like a shotgun blast, like lots of little holes when it gets, when it gets bad. And you can have these things called sugar volcanoes. So the sap just pours mm. out and solidifies and mm. looks like spaghetti hanging out of the holes. Um, you get um, a whole range of different symptoms, coloration, the bark drops off. There's all sorts of things. So the main, the main culprit that's spreading it is the thing called Acinagundo, which is a, a, a maple-type plant. Mm. Okay? Mm. And now we're looking at... Um, there's a range of other hosts that, and then there's reproductive hosts, and there's non, and there's feeding hosts. And what we're finding is the reproductive hosts—they're the ones like the ace and the gunda, which actually they're the multiplier. They send out thousands of these little beetles, and they colonise whatever they can. We've had them colonising a lemon tree, but it was, and it's not a reproductive host. But we had to remove the lemon tree because they colonised the the oh, trunk. Wow. Yeah. So you have to trim it below. So we're doing a lot of pruning, but unfortunately, yeah. this lemon tree we had to prune below the infestation point, which was about ten inches above the ground. Wow. <laughs> That's a. That's even a, a savage prune by my standards, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so, so, if any, so if anyone thinks that they might have this tiny little borer, yeah. what do they do? Well, they can do a couple of different things. They can ring uh, the Pest and Disease Information Service or email them, patters at deeper.wa.gov.au. Um, or nine three six eight three zero eight zero, or use the My Pest Guide Reporter app, mm, which now, is a ripper. Uh, yes, and uh, if they c- forget what I've said, they can just Google polyphagus shot hole borer and look for Deeper there, and then mm. follow the instructions when they go to that site. Well, they can re-listen to this program on the podcast Roots and Shoot p- podcast. Correct, yeah. and it also stays up on the website for seven days, mm. um, so you can do it that way: abc.net.au slash Perth. So that's a, so pod. that's a little borer done. Yeah, well, and, I, I'm, and if people oh. are really interested. I'm giving a talk. Uh, oh with, yes, you are. Yeah, and that's how we came to this conversation originally yes. at the um, Royal Society, and that's up at Kings Park. And it's on the uh, Monday the 18th. I think it starts at 5.30. And if you just Google that, um, you'll see. Um, just yeah, It'll pop up on the talks and that. Um, yeah, so anybody that wants to find out a little bit more. So I'll be talking with Kylie. Kylie's their subject matter expert in the area. Mm. And she'll be talking about the pathogen and the insect and relationships. And I'll be talking about um, yeah, the possibility of eradication, how we might approach it. 
and uh, what it means for the general public with the trees because um, people get very attached to the trees. Mm. Well, as they do. Yeah, and you know, mm. some people have planted these trees. You know, the, yeah, twenty the, years ago. Yeah, but they've buried the ashes of a loved yeah. one underneath yeah. them, and now they and, and, and we don't chop down trees because we like chopping down trees. We chop down trees because they're a problem. And if it's a reproductive host, the tree's going to fall down anyway. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It will die, yeah, and, and then it'll spread. And then they'll get. Um, the, the beetles will move into other trees. They only fly a short distance, probably 30, 35 metres. Right. But now we've got a real good handle on them. There's these crazy traps we've got out there. They've got like little plates on the top uh, on a bamboo pole with a yellow sticky trap with a green cage around it. And yep. they're, they're, they're popping up all over the metropolitan oh, area. fantastic. So yeah. please don't vandalise them. Yeah, there's a little no. sign on it. You can yeah. read that. Yeah. Let's, um, let's pause problem number two and yeah. we'll come back to that. We'll take a couple more calls and then come back yeah. to yep. talk about problem number two. Margaret's been waiting patiently, so we'll head to her first. Good morning, Margaret. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. It's lovely um, listening to the interesting conversations going on. <laughs> um, interesting. I'm asking... <laughs> Luckily, we haven't seen any... any um, problems in our garden at the moment. Oh, good. It's really good. Now, uh, I'm ringing on behalf of my daughter and her partner. They have an olive tree, which is about four metres uh, high, and it's in the ground. Yeah. My daughter would like to remove it, either pot it up or just transplant it. No worries at all moving it. I've actually been to the Pontu Garden where they transplanted a 1,200-year-old olive tree from Italy to France. Um, so the clearly, old, yeah, they're, they're, mm. they're, you can, you can dig go. them up, put them in a pot. You need a pretty big pot if it's four metres. Mm. So I would prune two-thirds off the top before you dig it up. Um, and then just dig it up and transplant. They transplant really, really well. You could do it now, couldn't you, Daryl? Yes. This weekend. Yes. Beautiful. Mm. There you go, Margaret, helping the kids out. Uh, Carlene, good morning to you. Hello. Hello, Carlene. Hello. Um, I'm, I love the slug. Oh, yeah, I know. Wasn't it great? <laughs> yeah, good on you. Listen, Sabrina, all the citrus trees in my garden are sick, getting sicker and sicker every week every year and dying they're not giving me any fruit and some of them have been in 50 years ah there you go is it dieback <laughs> old age i'd say it's old age personally <laughs> we're all 50 suffering years. from that but we i know i know my kids will be saying that oh look you know she's she's withering away it's time to get the reciprocator <laughs> no they're just sick Ah, so Daryl? And my daughter-in-law gave me one in a pot, a big tub. Yeah. And that's got sick too. Now it's got no right to get sick in a tub. No, how dare it? No, it should be, yeah. So what suburb? In Mount Barker. No, I'm actually at Perilup, the centre of the earth, which is (laughs) on the way to Manjimup from uh, Mount Barker. A farm. Oh, okay. All righties. What colour are the, the citrus? The, the citrus, oh, well, we've got uh, Valencia. No, 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 no. The, the, leaves. Leaves. the leaves. Oh, they've gone yellow. And uh. one tree I, I cut back and it's kind of tried, but it's not, it's not succeeding. Have you got any peeling bark on the, the No, but we get a lot of fungus here, which is supposed to be a sign of healthy air. 
Oh. Mm. Okay. According to wow. <laughs> I've I've not not heard of that one. So myself. I'm thinking it's a deficiency, a trace element deficiency. What do you think? Well, I think they're 50 years old and let the poor bloody things die. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, well, if they pruned them back, I mean, yeah, they will last a hundred years. Citrus. Yeah, I know, but they don't give you fruit. I mean, what's no. the point in having? But the one in the pot's not happy either. No, woman. that's true. So it could be a nutrient deficiency. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, what do we do for nutrient deficiency? Uh, well, you've got to feed them up. Mm. <laughs> so, um, so get a fertilizer that's got iron, manganese, magnesium, like all the trace all the elements. Good stuff. Boron. Boron, because we have no boron. Mm. Um, that's why people, when they grow cauliflowers, they get a cauliflower that's completely empty in the middle. There's nothing there. It's like oh. Oh, there's it's, a big air gap. It's deficient. Mm. So, um, so trace elements vitally important. So you yeah. could, and also in winter they sort of go off a bit. Yeah, they do. Mm, they don't like the cold. Yeah, and right. maybe one of those seaweed extract things. Yeah, and to boost check the, the pH soil. as well. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Good luck, Carlene. Let us know how you go. Um, Kevin in Noanga up. Good morning to you. Good morning, ladies. How are we? Ah, oh, we're good. And and Daryl is it? He's actually just a big girl's blouse. <laughs> I'm as a well, nonary so. lady today. <laughs> Thanks. Hey, hey, Sabrina, I've been listening to you for years and years and years. I didn't know you were a marriage counsellor. So <laughs> answer this question. Just, just answer this question. My wife's away at the moment for a few days. Yes. Uh, it's going to rain and be wet here. I'm yeah. going to do some cleaning out in, in inside. Yeah. Um, if she doesn't notice something, this is not going to go well. do I get? <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends what it is that's missing. You know, it's a bit like when you when your partner goes away and he leaves the shed door unlocked, and you go in there, you get a skip uh-huh. bin, and half of it goes in the bin, and they well, don't even know. <laughs> Uh, and more seriously, listen, I'm looking out of my bedroom window. Yes. Uh, and I've got an eight-foot garden shed uh, on the uh, east side, and I've got a six-foot shed on the south side. Yeah. I've got a beautiful he- uh, Hebe. Oh, yeah. Um, and and it's, it's almost eight-foot tall. That's a big Hebe. Well, because it gets very little sun, and I right. think since it's the sun is growing to it, can I, can I cut it out the top without killing it? Oh, I reckon, leave it, leave it go. Just leave it go. I reckon hebes are really fickle. I've yeah, pruned, no, yeah. I've pruned hebes yeah. and they've died. Pruned I know to about, death. Yeah, pruned to death. Yeah. No, well, I didn't even take that much off. I do know you can't prune them hard, though. Uh, okay, <laughs> I, know, that's my I know that from experience. <laughs> what about your experience, Daryl? Uh, they just give me the heebie-jeebies. Mm, I don't yeah. go near them. Yeah. They're yeah. fickle. The, I wouldn't touch it, Kevin. Good, good. And they're also beside it about the same height as a West Stranger, which has gone crazy too. Oh, well, they yeah. just they just keel over and die as well. Oh, I, I never grow with Stringiers. So they just no. You said that before. I love them. Oh yeah. Well, don't touch yeah. it. Yeah. Don't no, I'll leave, touch I'll, it. I'll leave them as they are, and I'll start cleaning the house out. Yeah, and just, gets back. I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. give you a hair telephone. And don't tell those plants you've been talking back, to Kevin. Sabrina. No, They'll, they'll, they'll cark it for sure. Fear and tremor. <laughs> That's right. Fear and tremor. Oh, all right. Um, thank you, Kevin. Dr. Bugalugs. Let's go back to what you were yes. talking about earlier. So what's the next most? The, do you want to do you want to do the citrus gall wasp with the varroa mite, the aloe yeah, mite, okay, yeah. the so ants? The, so the aloe mite, we're not sure. Well, we're 99% sure it's aloe mite. Mm. So it's a newbie. Mm. So that's not going to be good. We. You, 
do some reading on it, it's hard to control. Mm. So maybe we'll talk about that later if, okay. once it's confirmed as yes, LMI. But it's, it's gone off to DNA. Yep. And they're very, very, they're aerified mites. So they're little sausage mites. Right. They're not your normal sort of fast-moving round mites. Okay. So you won't see them. You'll just see all the distortions. Yeah. So, uh, so just get rid of your aloe. Yeah. If it's yeah, if you've got one going down yep, and you want to save the others, yeah. Yep. At the moment, I'd go with that. Yep. Um, Varroa mite in yep. New South Wales. Yep. It's a big task to get rid of that. They're going to be killing lots and lots of bees, unfortunately. And there's two <sighs> sides of the story there. So, yes, we desperately want to keep it out of... Yeah. Um, of WA. So and don't bring Australia. honey in? Well, they can't bring it in no, anyway. No, um, no. And even, Doesn't even, mean so even our don't. volunteer beekeepers that are going over there to help, got to be careful they, they don't come back, back with, with, it with on the row on their clothing because yeah. it can survive for a few days yeah. after, um, yeah, up, away from a bee, sucking right. them on a bee. Right. So that's good. Uh, that's, well, that's not good. That's, no. But we seem to be surrounded. Um, they've got um, banana freckle in the NT. Oh. So that just is like sandpaper, um, get pustules on, on, the, on the leaves and the fruit. So they were eradicated that. They took out all the bananas in the greater Darwin area oh. over a decade ago wow. to get rid of that one. And it's back and it's on a couple of properties. So is it a rust? Is it a fungus? What is yeah, it? Yeah, it's a fungus. Yeah. Fungus. Yeah, right. yeah. Once again, I'm an insect guy, but I think it's yeah, a fungus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Def- it doesn't yes. look like a bacteria to me. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so there's that. And then um, I don't know if you just heard, but um, we've found myrtle rust in the north oh, of the no. state. Yes. So um, DBCA um, and DPIRD are doing surveys um, to see. It's just across the border. It's a really yeah. remote spot. Right. But, yeah, that's a watching brief. So so just tell people what plants are affected, can be affected by myrtle rust. Pretty well myrtaceae. Yeah. Which is like, you know, The majority yeah, of the 80% species. of our natives, yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah, so, and but it also depends on humidity and temperature and you know, things like that too. But the canary in the coal mine, if it gets down here, it'll be the peppermint trees, right. the agonis. Okay. They're very susceptible. Yeah. They'll just kill over. And citrus gall wasp? Yes, we're getting lots of people reporting on them again. Mm. Um, yeah, so it's it's almost too late to prune now. Yeah. But you know, if you've got it, um, yeah, prune it out. That's about all. There's lots of chemical trials being done. There's mm. stuff with clay and all sorts of things. Yeah, that doesn't work. But nothing seems to work. Mm. Yeah, so it's it's back to pruning and disfiguring your trees. Anything on ants? Ants, yes. Because <laughs> you know everyone here loves ants. Yeah, yeah I know. Um, we've declared uh, freedom from uh, fire ant ah. in Fremantle, so that's good. Fantastic. But because – now, that's an interesting story because we were looking for browsing ant. We yeah. found fire ant. We eradicated fire ant. We then uh, in the process – or I think we've just about eradicated browsing ant, but we found browsing ant's cousin, which is a brown sugar – black sugar ant. Um, right. It's another African species, and we're eradicating that. So right. any unusual ants – and, yep. of course, at the moment, all the coastal browns are coming indoors. Yes, they are. So they come and play. They're going. Oh, I have a little yeah. bit of this and a little bit of that. Yeah. So don't treat indoors for these things. People are using the outdoor treatments indoors. Mm. It's not a good. Yeah. No. So just put up with them or treat outdoors. All right. Let's see if we can slip in one more call, maybe two, on our way to the news at ten. Vicky, good morning to you. Hello, Vicky. Um, morning, Seth. I think I know you from um, about five years ago. Trip we did. Um, I've got an indoor plant. I have no idea what it is. It was given to me a couple of years ago. Yeah. Uh, it's green on the top, 
purple underneath, but it's just covered in a sugary substance that, that's quite sticky. Okay, so that'll be scale. Um, so you can use a pest oil. You can use a cloth with uh, methylated spirits and wipe the leaves. Um, you can use... Uh, insecticidal soaps. Insecticidal soap, which is a potassium soap. You'll need to spray twice to kill the next generation. All right, very quickly. Carl, you've got about 20 seconds. What do you need help with with pruning? Uh, uh, pruning of stone fruits. Um, uh, is this the time of the year I could do that and how hard? No. Uh, you know. No. So you're better off pruning your stone fruit when fruiting finishes. Most stone fruit f- fruits in summer, so you prune them at the end of summer. We don't prune in winter anymore, do we, Daryl? No. Mm. It's and too just cold. For mm. Susan, we're not going to get to her call, but wood ash, when can she put it on the garden? Well, little bits and spread it around. Don't use it all in the one place because you'll disrupt the pH of the soil. A lot of wood ash is very alkaline. Okay. Beautifully done, you two. Oh, Look at that. Survived. Keeping yes, everyone happy. Um, thank you for coming in to talk to Daryl Hardy. Appreciate you contributing. Dr. Bugalug's love a bug. Yep. Always oh, trip over them answers, as I get them in. Answers to anything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and answers everything. Yeah. Yeah, that's Absolutely. the important bit. And Sabrina Hahn. Ah, oh, pleasure as always. This is an ABC podcast.